I didn't get bigger and more. Well, were you faithful with the little things? Were you, with the things you were asked to do, did you do them or did you just allow them to fall by the wayside? Or are you one of those kind of people that just fly by the seat of your pants? And so if God wants him to be that, then he wants to be what God called him to be. If God wants me to be something, I want to be what God calls me to be. And so the same thing happens to us. If we're truly committed to being a servant of the Lord, then we will because we really don't have any options. If you're really his servant, you're not going to have an option to say no. God has a calling and purpose for all of His children. When we choose to follow Him and live our lives as His servants, we are accepting His will and placing it over our own. As we continue to study the story of David, we can find encouragement in his example. He wasn't the tallest or strongest, but God had been preparing him to accomplish great things for His glory. As Pastor Mark challenges us in today's message, if we make ourselves available to God and follow His direction in our lives, we can expect Him to use us to take on giants. We don't need to be scared because all of our strength will come from Him. Well, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17 for today's edition of Come Alive. We are in the first book of Samuel. That's in the Old Testament. If you'll turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17, we're going to pick up in verse 31. Some of you might be like, well, I thought we read that. We did. We were just going back for some quick uh, intros, some review, and then we're going to move on. To the best part of this chapter, the fight with David and Goliath. It says, Now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul, and he sent for him. So remember, David shows up. He's supposed to, he's a pizza delivery boy, so to speak. He was supposed to be bringing cheese and bread and, and stuff to, the, to his brothers from his dad. And so his uh, older brother, brothers find out that he's there and so he speaks to them who stood by when he hears all this stuff that's going on with the armor bearer remember we talked about the armor bearer standing there and he's out there in front and and goliath is probably under some tree taking a nap or hanging out and the armor bearer would hold a goliath spear and his big shield and he would go out there and he was hurling all these insults at the children of israel Saying, hey, you know, my, my guy Goliath, he's, gonna, he's just going to tear you up. And it's kind of like an MMA fight. You know, you got all the trash talking that happens before these things. And so that's what's happening. These guys, this guy's talking trash. And the children of Israel, remember we talked about them being intimidated and interrogated and humiliated by what this guy was saying. And we're, we're going to see that again in a little bit. And so David goes out there and he sees all this going on and As he's standing there, he speaks to the men who stood by him saying, what's going to be done to this man who kills the Philistine? I mean, who's going to go out there and kill him? Because, you know, he's out there insulting the armies of God. And these guys tell... Tell uh, David, well, you know, he's going to get a he's going to get a wife. The king's going to give him his daughter, and he doesn't have to pay taxes, and he's going to be he's going to be great in the kingdom. And David's probably like, hey, that's pretty cool. Uh, None of you guys are moving. Why not? What are you all married? But we all pay taxes, and so David's like, well, I I can do it. So 
He, he says he can do it. His brothers are aroused and they say, you know, why did you come down here? With whom have you left those few sheep? So they kind of insult him. So now we talked about how the insults come from outside sometimes. And now they're coming from within. And, and how that happens in, in, in the Christian family as well. Sometimes a, a Christian brother or sister might have a really good idea. Or like, hey man, I'm going to go out there and do this. And all of a sudden, you know, you, you tell somebody and your friends that don't go to church are like, dude, you're, you're silly. You guys are going to hold an event in a hotel and, and expect for God to save and let people into heaven? That's silly. I, that's, that's really kind of, you, and you still believe in God after all, you know, with the technology we have, you, you still believe in that primitive thought of a God? And so you might get those insults from outside. And then you're like, oh man, you know, that's, that's harsh. But, but we expect that. And then you go back and you tell somebody, you know, in your family, your church family maybe, hey, you know, I'm excited. This is what we're going to do. And like, oh, it's never going to work. You know, I mean, what, what are you going to do on that night? And you leave those few children of yours, you know, and all that. And so David, you know, being a little shepherd, they're making fun of him because he just watches the sheep. He's got the lowest job on the farm, so to speak, as a shepherd. And so even it comes from within, his own brothers make fun of him. He says, I know your pride and your insolence of your heart, for you have come down here to see the battle. David, dude, you just want to sit back and eat popcorn and watch us get slaughtered by this giant. Why are you here? Go home. Go take care of your sheep. So we pick up in verse 29, and David said, well, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? And then he turned from him toward another, and he said the same thing that these people answered him as the first ones did. Verse 31, now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul, and he sent for him. Verse 32, then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him, your servant. will go and fight with the Philistine. Now, Saul's probably sitting there going, whoa, whoa, whoa bro. You're just this little dude, a little bitty guy. What are you going to do? I mean, this guy's nine feet. The, his spear weighs, you know, the tip of his spear weighs 15 pounds. The rest of it probably total of 30 pounds. This guy could heave it at you. He, he, his, his whole body armor weighs 150 pounds, and you're gonna, you are going to go out and fight? And so in verse 32, highlight the word will. If you take notes, if you're taking notes, highlight the word will. Or circle it if you don't have a highlighter. If you don't have a pen or a pencil, lick your finger and wet it. It'll crinkle the page a little bit and then you'll know. I don't know. Just if you're taking notes, do it somehow. And it says, it will. And this is how a small delivery boy from Bethlehem can be so successful. Point number one is it starts with the will. You got to have a will. Anybody ever have a will to do something? You know, it started, you know, like, well, I had a dream. And did that dream go further than a dream? Well, not that one. That was a weird one. You know, I was, I was being chased by guys with little gherkin pickles. And they were thought, no, not that kind. Stop it. You know, the other kind, the will where you're like, man, I want to go out there and I want to do this. I have a desire to do this one thing and I want to do it and I feel like I can do it. And so it starts with a will. Again, if you're taking notes, David has a purpose. You can write that under will. There's a purpose. He has a will to be a shepherd of his people. He has a will to be a shepherd of his sheep. He's faithful in the little things, so God gave him bigger things. And a lot of times in the church, people wonder why, you know, well, I wonder why I didn't get bigger and more. Well, were you faithful with the little things? Were you, with the things you were asked to do, did you do them or did you just allow them to fall by the wayside? Or are you one of those kind of people that just fly by the seat of your pants? And so if God wants him to be that, then he wants to be what God called him to be. If God wants me to be something, I want to be what God calls me to be. 
And so the same thing happens to us. If we're truly committed to being a servant of the Lord, then we will because we really don't have any options. If you're really his servant, you're not going to have an option to say no. And, and again, that, that's important. The word servant, another note, we're going to be doing some quick ones here in the beginning. The word servant, there before the word will, servant actually means bond slave. Bond slave. And a bond slave, well, you, you can circle that or highlight it. It means, well, a, a bond slave was someone who was so poverty stricken that they were in such need that they would sell themselves to another individual and say, hey, I'll be your slave if you allow me to do this work for you, but you've got to supply me with a place to live, and you've got to basically room and board. I'll work for room and board for a period of time. And so that guy says, okay, well, you know, if you're going to work for me for five years, and I had to hire somebody at 10 bucks an hour for five years, not including vacations and sick days, then this is the amount you would get, this is how much. And then he would pay you or he would give you that money in either monthly or kind of like a trust. You would get it divvied out and he would go and take it to the people he owed money to. Or he could take that money and literally just stack it away. So he'd be a bond slave to that guy. And so the again, he, he, he would. the hope was they would labor hard and they would toil and they worked like dogs with all their heart honoring the people they worked for and they would hope that there would be a certain season that they would be released or set free. And sometimes it was usually in, in, in Jewish law, it would be seven years. At seventh year, they'd be set free. But there was also a provision in the law that after you have served your master and after that debt was paid, you could approach your master and say, hey, man, I... I love it here. I mean, I I got a great little pad. You know, it's it's not what I used to have, but, you know, I'm not in debt. Um, I've paid my debt off to you, who I owe. I like the little house. The work, I totally dig. So I'm wondering if at any point in time, you know, Master, you've always been good to me and, and my family. And for this reason, although I have an opportunity to be released and set free of my bond, I, I choose to be with you from this day forevermore. And if that master, that guy says, bro, you're like a son to me. I love you. Give me your ear. And he would take his earlobe and stick it on his doorpost and whack a nail through it. And some of us are like, oh, that's gross. But it's basically the same thing that Claire does. Claire's does when you go get your ears pierced. It's just a little nail gun. And so he'd pull that nail out and he'd stick. And there'd be something there on that doorpost that would remind people every day that you'd go before a court and a judge after you do this and, and, and a, a triune and ask the master if, if he's willing to accept, there'd be these legal things. And it says, yeah, and then he would do this thing with a nail. And then he'd go to that doorpost, drive that nail through the lobe of the servant's ear. On that doorpost of that house, there would be a written declaration that says, I have a servant. He serves me because he has, not because he has to, but because he wants to. He's my servant because he's chosen to be my servant. And so I totally love this picture that we get to see here, and, and why? Well, because, you know, I, as a, as in my BC days, which is before Christ, was in bondage. I was a slave to my sin. And then Jesus came along, and he rescued me. And I, I was willing to say, okay, cool. You're, you're here. You're going to pay my debt, the debt that I owe. And, and so you're willing to do that. So I'm no longer in bondage, leading to destruction. And then after a time of getting to know the Lord, I approach him and I say, hey, I served early on because I felt I had to, but now I love this new life. 
I love everything that I read in this book of yours, the Bible, and I want to serve you. I want to be your bond slave. And so now when you tell me what to do, though I have a choice to say no, and sometimes I do, which would be considered sin, but if I say yes because I have no choice and I really think this things through that the Lord asks me to do, then I, I shouldn't say no. And so I want to serve God. And whatever it is you want me to do, I'm willing to be your servant and do it, Lord. And over the years, it's, it's taken a long, but a longer time, and, 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 and you wrestle with it. But now it's like sometimes the Lord says, hey, go do this. And you're like, really? Okay, cool. I mean, you, you say you know what's right, and you go out and you do it, even if it means rocking a giant. You know, and so here we see that David's about to get a, a giant stone. So he says, I'll go out there and, and, and get that guy so stoned that he loses his head. And so why? Why will David go? Why is David going to go? Well, because David is packing, right? David's packing. What's he packing? Well, he's packing a promise. He's packing a promise. The promise was made to Abraham that whoever blessed his people, those people would be blessed. And whoever cursed them would be cursed. And so if you read prior, you know, all of chapter 17, prior to what we're studying today, you'll see that Goliath, that the Philistines are trying to curse the people of God. And so David sees Goliath stand before the Israelite army and defy them, insult them. And because Goliath is cursing them, that means that there's a curse on Goliath. So David knows the promises. How does David know that? Well, he knows God's word. How does he know that? Because he meditates on them, is what we're told. And so when we see this for our own lives, man, you know, you can know those promises too. And, and God will keep those promises. He's not a liar. And some of you might be like, well, yeah, you know what? I prayed and he said he'd answer any prayer. Was it according to his will? Well, I don't know. What's his will? Well, have you read the word? Uh, not really. It's kind of hard to understand. It's got a lot of these and vows. Well, get a different translation. It won't have those many. But... You know, if we're not reading, we're not studying, if we're not in community... Okay, let's put it this way. How do you have a relationship with somebody if you don't talk to them, if you don't hang out with them? You just know them as an acquaintance. You really don't know what they want or their favorite food. I asked the guys the other day, I said, hey, what's your wife's favorite colors? All of them knew. What's your wife's favorite food? All of them knew. Now, I don't know what their wives' favorite food is. If I'd have been smart, I would have asked the wives ahead of time and seen how many of these guys were right. But all of them pretty much were like, yeah, yeah, my wife likes this. I'm like, you sure? And they're like, yeah. So we know. Why? Because there's a relationship because we hang out with one another as husband and wife. I know what my kids' favorite foods are. I know one kid doesn't eat anything green. And we always tell him if he would just eat green stuff, he would be able to go. Green means go. Sometimes he gets a little blocked up, so to speak. So we're just like, if you eat green, green means go. Just remember that. Okay, Dad. So now he, he eats broccoli because he doesn't like the way it feels when he just kind of has to suffer for a couple of days. And so, But I know what my kids like to eat, what they enjoy. I know his favorite green food now is broccoli as of the last three weeks. I have another daughter, another daughter. I have one daughter, my daughter. I only have one daughter. My daughter truly enjoys just about anything we eat. If it's spicy, she kind of digs on it. If it's too spicy, she doesn't. But she pretty much is more adult than most adults when it comes to food. She's not quite as picky. And so we know those things. Why? Because there's a relationship. We discuss things. We hang out. We talk. We spend time together. And so David, 
He knows this. He knows that Goliath is cursed because he hangs out with God and, God, and, and God's word. So David not only understands his purpose, and he's packing a promise, but if you're taking note, other than packing a promise, he has also, he has perception. Look at verse 32. The word for fight in Hebrew means to make war, but it also means in a root word, to eat or devour. To eat or devour. David says after he gets stoned, after, after Goliath gets stoned, it's going to be up to me. I'm going to show up with the munchies. I'm going to devour this guy. And so he, I'm going to go ahead and devour him. David's not saying to Saul, I'm going to do some damage, but rather I'm going to beat him. I'm going to beat him. David knows this. He totally knows this. And, and one of the things that I totally dig in is because from time to time, God may knock on your heart, right? Anybody ever had that little knocking on your heart and you hear it and you're like, man, what's that noise? I wonder what that is. And he says, you know, I'm going to give you something to do. And you might think, man, God, that's, that's huge. I, I can't do that. That's impossible. I can't. It's too enormous for me. And as a servant, you not only sense this purpose, but Lord God, you've also fulfilled that promise after promise after promise. I know that because I read in your word that's what you do. But as we talked about last week, David also looks back and he remembers something. And we're going to see that here in verse 33 because when, or in verse 34 where David talks about, well, you know, I, I'm not worried about this because I've beat up a lion and a bear. You won't have to ask me to do something and not meet me there. See, God doesn't ask you to do something and not meet you there. And so we have to be able to say, well, you're not going to ask me to do something and not meet me there. Because according to your word, and you not being a liar, and you being true and truthful, you're going to promise something to me. You're going to keep that promise. And so it's going to happen. And so he says, you're you're not going to ask me to do something and not meet me there. But sometimes we tend to think that way, that God's going to ask us to do something and he's not going to fulfill it. He's going to put that desire in your heart, and it won't happen. But he will put it in your heart, and he will make it happen if it's according to his will. And so we tend to think that way, as if God will abandon you in the calling as you're faithfully serving. He doesn't abandon us, never. Sometimes he might be silent. He might be telling us to wait, and we're trying to run ahead. Anybody have children that do that? Get so excited about doing it and they might miss the most fun thing about the whole thing because they see the big, bright, shiny, and they run over to it. You know, it's like being all excited about going to Chuck E. Cheese and then Chuck E. shows up and the kid's like wet in his pants, screaming and crying. And it's like, it's no fun, Dad. It's no fun. Well, yeah, it's a nine-foot rat. <laughs> but the games are fun. The thought of it's fun. But if you just stay close to me, buddy... I won't let that nine-foot rat get you. I won't let him eat your cheese pizza. And so we tend to do that. We think that God's going to abandon us in the calling as we're faithfully serving. So we heard John's testimony last week. He was called. He had a purpose. God gave him a promise, and he had prevailed, right? Hey, there's no money, but God's telling me to go to China. I've never been to China. I don't speak Chinese, but, hey, we're gonna, I'm going anyway. And so you hear an awesome testimony, and so that is for us, you know, to hear that. Not maybe for all of us are called to go to China, but for us to be able to like, man, God worked in his life. What's different about me? Why won't he work in my life? Well, because somebody's banking on a promise. Are you banking on a promise? So he prevails. And sometimes it happens at a moment. 
when you least expect it. You might be at work, God knocks on your heart, or at the grocery store, or at the park, or just anywhere, and God says, hey, that person needs to hear the gospel. And I want you to give opportunity to let that person hear the gospel, and I want you to glorify me in that. And so go ahead and glorify me and exalt me. And, you know, you might sit there and be like, I don't know, man. I'm not very fluent. I'm not, I'm not a preacher or, as Jim said, a reverend. You know, we were kind of joking about that. I said, yeah, next time he says I'm a reverend, I'm going to show up in a bathrobe and house shoes, you know. So different robe, but same thing. But, you know, you might be thinking that, that I, I don't know that much. But you do know. You know something that nobody else knows. You know your story. And can anybody refute your story? Can you tell me how you got saved and for me to be all like, dude, that's no way. That didn't happen. You're not saved. It can't happen that way. It doesn't happen that way. You can tell them your story. God gives you an opportunity, and he's not going to abandon you. And guess what? Here's what I always think. Every time I hear that and I start to wrestle with it, it's like, and it may be this person's last chance to ever hear the gospel. And the, way, the reason I think about that is, and it's a story you guys have heard before, but I'm going to tell it again, is me and a buddy one time went in Albuquerque, and he woke up late at night, and he goes, hey, man, you want to go with me? Go with you where? It's 2 o'clock in the morning. I don't know. I feel like the Lord's calling me to go somewhere, and I, I, I think I should take you. Okay, cool. I'll go. What's he calling us to do? And he's like, I don't know, man. And so we drive up, and we, I mean, we're driving far for Albuquerque standards, 20 minutes, and we drive up to the top of this road called Tramway, and there's a Circle K. And I'm thinking, oh, dear, we're going to rob this place. And so he's like, let's go in there. And so we go in there, and I go, what are we supposed to do here? He goes, I don't know, man. I'm just waiting on the Lord. The Lord told me to come, and this is where I feel like he's led me to. So we're kind of checking out the motocross magazines, and we're hanging out. And the guy behind the counter starts talking to my buddy, and my buddy starts talking back to him. Next thing you know, the guy gets saved. I'm like, whoa, that was amazing. He's like, man, we did what the Lord said to do. And I was so stoked. I was a brand new Christian. I was really kind of like, wow, that's awesome. And so the next night he goes, you know what? Tomorrow, let's go up there and see that guy. And we're like, okay, cool. His name was Abib. And we decided to go up there. And we go up there the next night. And we walk in and he's not there. And my buddy's like, hey, I thought Abib was going to work. And he's like, yeah, you know, he was supposed to work. But last night he got killed in a robbery. But guess what? The guy went to heaven. Just because... God knocked on somebody's heart, and he said, yeah, I'll go do it. It's as simple as that. There are other stories like that, where there was a marriage that was about to be ruined. This guy was about to cheat on his wife. Same buddy. He goes, hey, you want to go with me? And I'm like, dude, I'm going with you wherever you go. It's amazing. We're so glad you tuned in today to Pastor Mark's teaching here on Come Alive. Pastor Mark has been walking us through the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter, unlocking the blessings, truth, and love found within its verses. We know that reading God's Word can be difficult to squeeze into your schedule sometimes, so having something to listen to instead can help. With that in mind, we'd like to let you know about our Come Alive podcast. We've made Pastor Mark's messages available to you for free so that you can take them with you on the go, making hearing the Word so much more convenient. Search for Come Alive on iTunes or on Google Play and subscribe to have a notification sent to you as soon as we post new additions. Thanks again for tuning in today to Come Alive. If you'd like to learn more about this ministry and the church behind it, please visit us online at comealiveradio.com. If you're living in or near Katy, Texas, 
We'd also like to invite you to come see us in person at Calvary Chapel Katy. We're a laid-back group of Jesus followers, and we love inviting new people to come join us in seeking the Father and praising His name. Find service times and directions to our church when you visit our website, comealiveradio.com. That's all we have time for today. We pray you continue to find Jesus through His Word and in everything you do. Join us next time for another in-depth look at the Bible, right here on Come Alive.